Oh, you're not drinking beer? No, it's school night. School night? What are you, like five? Yeah. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show. I'm one of your hosts, David Gustler. I'm here with, of course, a new kit wearing Matt Swift. So, Matt, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good, David. After a win, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, man. Yeah, got the new top on. So, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm ready to talk some soccer tonight. We haven't ha- had a after win at home regular season podcast episode since May. Think about that for a second. Mm. So mm. it's been June, July, August, pretty much. It's August 28th as we're recording this. It's almost been three months since we've actually <laughs> been able to record an episode after a win. Uh, but just to be the bearer of bad news here at the beginning, we do not have a wonderful guest like Zoran uh, again tonight. So if you're tuning in for a huge get, there's no Tom Bogert in the corner. There's there's no Bobby Belair. There's no you know Joe here in the corner. It's just me and Matt Swift tonight. But the good news is we get to have a conversation about a victory as Charlotte FC walked away with a win and three points against Will Ferrell's LAFC. I don't know why I keep saying Will Ferrell's, but I just, <laughs> it's, it's all I associate with that. I guess it's like every celebrity soccer team, but walked away with a two to one victory at home, uh, Swift. And it's a, it's a pretty damn good feeling right now to have hope again, right? H- how are you feeling right now? I, I'm feeling good. It was one of our best victories of the season. And I think we could take a lot from this. We'll dive into the, uh, the nitty gritty here in a minute, but, uh, we should feel very, very good about this victory. And, uh, I think we were building some momentum from Leaks Cup, and I, I think this is this has started to trickle over and now into the regular season. Yeah, it's not. I mean, Leaks Cup was fun. We, I mean, it, we were, we went farther into it than we expected, or at least I expected. Um, but we're, I think, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor a little bit from that tournament, right? Charlotte FC started to gel, started to mesh, got some other summer window transfer players in, got them to get into more game shape and get acclimated to the team. Um, and now we're we're seeing it. I mean, LAFC is not a slouch, man. Like they're they're a pretty good team in the West, and we were able to take it to them. Uh, for those who listened to our soccer and coffee episode on Saturday morning, um, Mr. Matt Swift here predicted the score correctly. Um, I'm taking full credit though because I said that we were going to win five to nothing, and <laughs> spoke it into existence. So you may be right, Matt, but I'm I'm more right if that makes sense. But uh, it but, doesn't make any sense. But okay, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that's just how my logic works, Matt. But, um, sure. But, but it was an interesting lineup for sure, man. I uh, I remember I was at my nephew's one year old birthday party when I got the notification of the starting eleven for Charlotte FC. Uh, for this match and I know we were we were talking in soccer and coffee we kind of thought of the something pretty similar that we've seen in League's Cup we definitely didn't think that uh, Breck would be starting in this game but it was an interesting starting 11 right um, what, what's your thoughts from Christian Latanzio's continued tinkering for this uh, this lineup for this match I thought Breck would start I just didn't think he would start where he did uh, and then you had the addition of Ben Bender on the other side uh, in the midfield, and then Derek Jones being advanced uh, like he was. Uh, so yeah, when the lineup first came out, I was like, "Oh, this is uh, this is interesting," uh, but it paid off for sure. 
Yeah, so I, it was an interesting starting 11, at least for me. Like, it, I know you said that you kind of thought Breck would start. I, I didn't think just because he, he hadn't started yet for us in League's Cup, but I also didn't think where you would really fit him yet uh, on the roster. But it was interesting to see him kind of start at a wing position. And I know friend of the show, Vaughn, we were texting a little bit before and after this game, and we had him on a few weeks ago talking about our wingers' performance. Um, you know, where we McKenzie Gaines was coming back from injury, played for Crown Legacy the night before. Uh, Camille Uzviak, Justin Merrim, Kerwin Vargas had been our kind of consistent starters all season so far and have not really produced that much. Justin had a small stretch there. Um, and I remember Vaughn sharing that, and it was interesting to see. And maybe Latanzi will listen to the show. You listen to Vaughn on uh, on Twitter. No, I'm just joking. But um, and decided to kind of start something different. I mean, obviously, Breck being there. What did you think about Ben Bender starting again um, for the position that he was in and then starting against LAFC again? I, I still think Ben is best coming off the bench to give us a spark. I think where Ben struggles is giving him a defined role and really kind of boxing him into certain responsibilities. I think he's best when he has freedom. I think he's best when he can come in and disrupt. Uh, so I don't like starting him really. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an option and I'm not saying that he can't ever start. Uh, it's good to have some rotation and options, but I think I like him better coming off the bench and that, and that's okay. That's not a huge knock on him, but like I said, I think him coming in and just running around the pinch pitch, you know, disrupting things, pulling people out of position is, is best for him. Yeah. And it's not a knock, right? I mean, if you think about it, this is year two of his MLS career. Um, right. It's not like he's started 10 years and we're, we're, just now trying to start him right um he's got a pretty long career hopefully ahead of him um, and then on top of that we're playing him kind of out of position right like he's not been someone that we typically play at the wing right it's he's been more of this you know box to box mid attacking mid etc um if you go back to the columbus game last year i think even latanzio started him at the nine at one point <laughs> against yeah. you know but you know it, it is what it is but um, yeah, I agree with you. I think he should be someone that comes off the bench. But um, it was really, if you look at that first half in the starting 11, he was one of the only players that kind of was like, eh, I didn't really enjoy seeing in that first half, right? Um, you did see, like you mentioned, you know, Brant Bronico, Derek Jones, Ashley Westwood midfield. And if you look on that on paper, you know, six six months ago, you've been like, oh, cool. You know, Derek Jones is the center defensive mid and you know, Ashley Westwood's the box to box mid and Brant's probably the attacking mid maybe, but it was not that right. It was Ashley Westwood as the CDM Brant as the, uh, you know, attacking mid. And then Derek Jones is like that box to box. And they almost seemed like they pivoted at times, right. Uh, right. throughout this game. So interesting lineup. And what'd you think of uh, Derek Jones's role from that perspective in this game, just out of curiosity with that lineup change? Yeah, I think Jones had an, an amazing game and played a pivotal role in the victory. Uh, you know, Jones was pushing up very high, and I think LAFC were really thrown off in this match. I, I think they had a hard time figuring out our midfield. Um, I think Derek Jones confused them. I think we talked about Brecht. I think he also confused them, uh, which we'll get into in, in a second. But Jones was able to win some of those long balls and 50-50 challenges. 
and he helped put pressure on LAFC when we were trying when they were trying to build like out of the back. And I, I think LAFC were, were not able to get into a rhythm, and Derek Jones was a big reason for that. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to the tactics here a little bit because I got one more kind of question and statement about the starting 11 because I think there was some uh, mind games at play here a little bit by Christian Latanzio. But um, I just have to make another statement here. So Privet A made like, did pretty well again for this rookie playing out of position, continues to you know show flashes of, of good you know, defensive skills and player, not saying he's this outstanding defensive player, but played decent. Uh, Melanda continues to play out of his mind the past few games and defensively. But the thing I want to say is we are still undefeated with Nathan Byrne and Jalen Lindsay starting as our left and right back duo. (laughs) So whatever it is, if we need to win these next four or five games straight, just start Jalen Lindsay and Nathan Byrne and it will come to fruition. I'm telling you right now, but no, <laughs> uh, what, what did you think about, um, about Milana, the defense, just that starting uh, back four for you from your perspective before, before we talk about tactics. I mean, uh, Milanda was crucial. Um, he, he gave a lot of defensive cover that allowed our other defensive backs to go forward, you know, privet. Um, I, I do think we were called out a couple of times that, you know, there was the, the offsides and then the, uh, of course the, the goal that was, that we allowed. But uh, for the most part, he gave us a lot of cover. Uh, I'm a big fan of Melanda. I think he's great. And he showed against LAFC what it, what he can do. Uh, but in it, it allowed our other backs to, to do some things that again, to disrupt LAFC and, and, Luckily, luckily it worked for us. So let's, let's get into some of the tactics and you can, we can talk about the first half here for a minute because, you know, it, it was definitely a little bit something different than we've seen throughout this season so far. Um, and I want to ask you, like, do you think that had anything to do of why it was successful? Was that there really wasn't much tape of Charlotte FC having a player like Breck playing a left wing and being able to pinch inward and having Derek Jones and Brant Bronico kind of pivot in that attacking mid to box to box, whatever it is, right? Um, having that as the first time playing, um, do you think that had a positive effect? And do you think it works again, say, against Orlando or Nashville in the next seven days um, from your point of view? Yeah, I think so. You know, you have LAFC that's traveling all the way here uh, and they just had a midweek game. So they're tired. It, it's really hot. And then you throw in um a, a lineup and some tactics that probably probably they haven't seen uh, I, again i go back to jones being able to disrupt that midfield and win challenges and break up plays and again lafc were just not able to get into a rhythm and again Derek jones was a big part of that i think for brecht what i really really liked about him is that he would get the ball out wide and he would cut into the middle and it dis it disrupted so many things he was dragging people out of position and it was leaving these gaps for like a Ashley Westwood to to o- occupy that space and I think you saw that a couple of times um, and it worked out really really well again we kind of got drug out of place ourselves got caught out a couple of times but um but I liked that we kept pushing forward I liked that we didn't just drop completely back at times or just concede possession to a a really really good team. I think it could it could have been very easy for this coach, uh, even when we went up to just park the bus and say, you know, we're just going to defend for the rest of the game. And you know, LAFC is defending champs. 
Uh, they're really good. And we just totally threw them off their game. And I, I big, big kudos to Latanzio. We've been very critical of him and, uh, I'm not saying that everything's fixed and and everything like that, or uh, he's a great coach or anything like that. I, I think for this game, he did a, a really good job of looking at the opponent, understanding what was needed. But our players went out there and executed, and I think that's huge. And a lot of those guys went out and played above and beyond, uh, and that's that's why we won. Yeah, don't don't get it twisted. We're not sitting here, I think, saying that Latanzio is, you know, safe now and is going to be our coach no. long term or anything like that. But um, yeah, it was Brecht really like like you said impressed me because not only that, but he wasn't he wasn't sitting there just passing the ball back or dribbling at mm-hmm. center field and losing and being dispossessed, et cetera. Right? Um, mm-hmm. He he tended to. I mean, don't get me wrong. He definitely passed the ball backwards occasionally here and there. But he was his number one priority was how do I keep getting up the field? How do I keep yep. getting more passes going forward and getting right. it into that space? Uh, I mean, if you if you look at some of his statistics here within um, on FootMob, right? Like he actually when's the last time that we had like a pretty high expected assist from our wingers <laughs> in the past few weeks, right? He actually had some expected assist here. Um, he had two passes into the final third. He was able to create chances based off of the space that he was taking up. And like you said, there was one play in particular that I remember just him. He, I mean, he literally started on the left side of the field and took a pass and passed, like dribbled into the center, passed it to Ben Bender on the other side and still mm-hmm. stayed in that occupied space in the middle. And then you saw mm-hmm. Ashley Westwood come up and kind of, or Carol, it was either Carol Ashley Westwood come up and then take that left mm-hmm. wing spot where Brecht used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was great to see a player have that soccer intelligence and being able to understand what's supposed to be happening right then and there and be able to create chances and space there for the team. And I think that really frustrated LA and they just have, they didn't have an answer because they, they haven't seen it before. Right. And then when, you know, when they would get the ball and try to come forward, we would have somebody like Derek Jones and Westwood and Brant step in that middle. And like I said, cut out, cut out passes, win 50, 50 balls. It was truly a, a really great game by this squad. I was so impressed and so happy. I hope we can replicate this. I hope this is not a one-off game uh, where the the effort and just the skill and the knowledge, um, we've talked about this a lot. We really haven't had a lot of great movement on this team. It's very stagnant. We play in one position. Uh, we've talked about the tactics and how much we don't like them. But I think this game, you saw why we signed Brecht Right. I think you saw why we signed Westwood and Scott Arfield. We we talked on soccer and coffee about what's what's Arfield's best position or, you know, is he best coming off the bench or is he a starter? And I think Saturday night we'll we'll get into some subs and maybe the timing again. But I think, you know, for me, I have a very good understanding of when Ben should be coming on the field, when Arfield should be coming on, uh, who should be starting. And I, I think, you know, better late than never. Uh, and we'll talk about how many games we have left, but it's almost like a mini season now. And it's good to start hitting our stride right now. <laughs> so uh, our back's up against the wall and the math is getting hard, but at least at least some type of identity is happening. 
Well, and I think that's what you like. If you were listening to the announcers during the game, they even said like it, it doesn't matter really what you were at earlier in the season at this point for especially for a team like Charlotte. Like every game is almost like a playoff game, and you can start making some noise and get hot and make the playoffs and make noise now. Um, I'd rather that happen now versus us get hot earlier in the season and then taper off and not do well and just wimp into the playoffs and get eliminated early. Right. I'd rather that happen and that happen to us than the alternative. But I mean, it, it was just an overall good first half, right? What, what did you notice on that first goal? Right. I mean, if you notice like Carol Swiderski was, I mean, he wasn't technically accredited for the assist because of quote unquote deflection, but he was yeah. the assist there and Ashley Westwood creating a goal here. Right. Um, yeah. What'd you think of that first goal? Uh, again, it's it's about movement and skill, and uh, Swiderski can create something out of nothing, and he's dangerous on the field. But now we have kind of a supporting cast that can get in good positions and receive a ball and and get on top of something. Um, I, I think Westwood's been a little unlucky with some of his shots and and missing, and so it was good to get him uh, on the score sheet. Like I said, uh, he's he's. I've met him. He's a great guy. So it's good to see someone like that get rewarded for, for hard work. And I, I tweeted this out. It's like, not only that goal, but like I saw him right at halftime, he was talking to Privet, uh, talking him up, you know, and then I, I saw him on, you know, certain goal kicks and things like that, organizing the defense, pulling them into the center, really being a general. And I, I think, him joining this team you can knock him for age or whatever you want to say but I, I think he's been a crucial pickup uh so kudos to the front office for for getting someone like that that is a veteran that knows the game well and that can help these young guys like a privet uh and even like a you know a, a bronico um just up their game right uh and help them so it's it's been good stuff so speaking of Ashley Westwood getting that goal swift, there was actually a uh, pretty unique celebration afterwards. I don't know if you saw it or not on, on TV or online, but um, immediately after Ashley Westwood scored that goal, he was handed a jersey that said Marco Strong on it. And I'm just going to pull this up from uh, the Charlotte FC Twitter account here, right? So um, they posted like that. This was for you, Marco. Um, and so that goal was dedicated to the U12 Academy coach and match analyst Marco Diaz. And he's currently undergoing cancer treatment and recovery. I just want to pull this up here real quick because the team tweeted this out while we're doing the show. Um, a little video for Marco, but there is a um, give tax free. Um, kind of like a GoFundMe for Marco, and it talks about his journey going into the ER, uh, lost sensation, ability to walk with his leg. He had spinal surgery because a tumor was found, all sorts of things. So, um, you know, prayers out to him and his family, um, you know, going through that process. But obviously, um, team is bought in and kind of there to help support and show their appreciation and, you know, their love and their fight for him as well. Um, and they, they pulled that out during the celebration. They did it for both goals. So yeah. it was nice to kind of see. Right. So, um, but awesome, man. Well, let's, um, let's dig into the second half a little bit. Cause Charlotte, I felt like, um, definitely dominated that first half was up one to nothing, went into that second half and really didn't have any kind of substitutions came out with the same exact formation, same exact players, um, and then we, we went into the second half. So what do you think of, you know, Latanja's thought process there from a tactics perspective, and then we can get into subs as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I would have made any changes uh, aside from Bender that we talked about. I, I think everybody was you know really solid. Uh, we bossed the first half, and and the game plan was working. So no shock to me that uh, no changes were were made at the half. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like LAFC was starting to press a little bit in that second half, right? Um, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, forgive me, this is my go-to of mispronouncing words and players' names. Uh, Buang, Bu- oh God, I can't even say it. Uh, LAFC's player here. Um, Buanga? Buanga? <laughs> Buanga, thank you. Jesus, I struggled there for it. So uh, Dennis Buanga was, was starting to get some chances, especially in that second half, right? Uh, started mm-hmm. having some shots on target, started creating a little bit more. You can tell Charlotte was starting to get gassed a little bit in that second half. Um, And then right, you know, I I think it was right after LAFC was able to get a goal is when Charlotte created their subs, right? So 72nd minute, you had Scott Arfield, um, Yuri Yuronen, and Camille Yuzviak come in 72nd, 73rd minute. What did you think about that and for who they came on for at the time? I, I think I think the subs were pretty spot on. I think Nathan Byrne was struggling right um, with a, kind of an injury. Uh, I think Bender needed to be subbed. Um, I, I I will say I was a little worried when Derek Jones came out because um, things have been going well, um, but our field comes on and uh, ends up uh, equalize or yeah it gets a gets a goal. So and. Um, so yeah, that 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 worked out pretty well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting, right? Because one of the I wanted to ask you this of where because I know the last episode in Soccer and Coffee, you and me both have said like I think the original intent for Scott Arfield was to be a super sub. That's where he was and how he played his former team, um, mm-hmm. and created a lot of goals that way, right? And during Leagues Cup, I, I felt like it was more out of necessity and creating stability out of the midfield, especially with injuries that Scott was starting 90 minutes for us and was getting, I felt like a little gas at times um, Mm -hmm. playing for so many minutes. Right. And after the game, I think top Ben put a little like interview out with Scott and he said, you know, when when you find yourself on the bench and you don't, you don't start, that's the kind of impact you have to make to show why you should be starting. Right. Uh, Or something along those lines. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, does do you think he expects to continue to start here for ninety minutes at Charlotte, or do you think the team and Latans who view him as kind of a super sub, a la Ben Bender, uh, in the future for us? You know, I I think again, it's good to have rotation. I think he will start some games. I want to see how he does. Um, maybe coming off the bench again to provide that spark. I think it's something that we need because. You know, we play in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's hot. <laughs> um, that turf is hot. So if we're going to play the way we did Saturday night, that's a lot of running. We need quality players coming off the bench. We don't need to be bringing folks on that's a drop-off in quality. So, um, yes, I think Arfield will start some games, but also, too, I think he could be very, very valuable coming off the bench too. And again, that's not a knock. That's actually a good thing. Um, and it's good to have those options. Yeah. And I know one of the questions later in the fan Q and a is something along those lines about the lineups in these coming up games. So we'll touch on that in just a second, but yeah. And I think that was one thing that was missing for us almost in that, that third of the season, right? Like that may, June, July, we didn't, or April, may, June, 
And we didn't really have the subs because Nuno Santos was gone. Andre Shinyashiki was gone. Um, we had injuries there. And if we mm-hmm. sub players on, we didn't really have depth to be able to bring them on. Or um, we just ran the guys for 90 minutes straight. And that that's yeah. where I think a lot of these games that we could have closed out, like I think back to, I think, well, one of the Nashville games, uh, there's a few other games where we could have closed out and gotten three points, and we just didn't because yeah. of those quality depth pieces, right? So, but then Scott does come in and shows us all up and scores a goal right right at the, the very end there, right? So Carroll had a beautiful yeah. shot on target. Uh, I felt like it was almost a chance to go in. Uh, LAFC makes a wonderful save there, uh, and then Scott's on cleanup duty and was able to kind of create a nice little shot on target there on the supporters end and create some noise for Bank of America, right? So, yeah. um. But then looking ahead, like LA, LA, I felt was pretty aggressive with their subs in that second half. Like they kind of matched, yeah. you know, early on. Then they matched our subs, and then they had another sub come on. And then 83rd minute, we brought on Justin Miram, and then the 89th minute, we brought on Jan Sobashinsky. Jan, I felt was more out of necessity because Melanda made a hell of a play and kind of tweaked something. Hopefully, nothing yeah. too serious. Um, yeah. So you know, was able to kind of come in and sub. But then Justin Miram came on, and and I'm curious with with you know brecht and justin there and i guess they view each other like in different positions but do you think justin's kind of now this this sub and depth piece for us or do you think we see him start again here in the near future again i I think it's a little bit like our field i don't think justin was necessarily brought in to start every game i i think again a veteran a professional someone that can help lead the 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 guys but also, again, bring some quality off the bench, right? When he does come off the bench, uh, he's a he's a type of player too that will when he's on the outside, he'll cut in as well and wants to try to play a positive ball. Uh, it's going to be interesting because now we, now we've got a few more options, and with Brecht, I mean, you can move him around some, so it gives us different looks, and that's been something that we've kind of missed and we wanted to have at the beginning of the season, and uh, I think we thought we were going to have. At the beginning of the season, when we we had uh, you know Andre and and Nuno, and we we had some additional players, so, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But again, I think he's going to be good coming off the bench to give us some quality and, and a spark. Awesome. So, um, just before we dive into like an end of the game and and looking forward, any other closing thoughts on you know impact or moments for this game for you, Swift? Yeah, there was a couple of people, of course, saying, throwing the luck thing out there. We were lucky to win. We were, we're lucky here, lucky there. Uh, uh, good. Uh, we deserve some luck. Uh, I think we've had a lot of bad luck this season. And uh, if you want to go to luck, uh, Jalen Lindsay heads one off the crossbar, uh, which, you know, I think. It's very true. Could have easily been three to one after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,. I don't know. I mean, nine times out of ten, he's gonna he's gonna score that. So I I don't know. I, I hate when people say we were lucky or unlu- you know whatever the case is. I, I think we deserve some luck with everything that's happened to this team. And uh, the harder you work, the more luck you seem to have. And this team is working hard. I think a lot of positive things are happening now. Uh, the the whole entire team and academy and front office are all in one spot now uh all good things uh we had a good leagues cup run um and off to a great start now in this kind of mini season like uh 
playoff games, basically. So uh, all good stuff. Not not to harp on the referee or calls or anything like that. I do have one moment I just have to bring up was that yellow card against Carol Swiderski <laughs> in that first half. My God, yeah. man. Like I, I get it why Carol got a yellow card because he was just mouthing off. But I also yeah. understand he got kicked. He, the other guy should have gotten a yellow card, right? Yep. Uh, and and that's the thing. It's like, you know, we we talked about that a little bit with, with Zoran. Like, people are going to get cards for fouls, but you have to kind of know when to stop. And you yeah. can get a reputation, and referees don't forget. Yeah. So I think we definitely have a reputation. And then as, as Zoran said, I don't know the last time a player's – being able to change a referee's mind after they made a call or pulled a card. So it never, like I, it I, never I, worked, I, I, yeah. never never worked it, for so. me. <laughs> I mean, it worked for me, I thought, but it never really actually did, but no, yeah, no, it never works. It never works. <laughs> so, so looking at this game after the result, so Charlotte still sits in 12th place now um, mm-hmm. with uh Let's see here. Sorry, I just scrolled right past it. Uh, Charlotte has 24, uh, 29 points with 24 games played. Tied with New York Red Bulls at 11th, uh, DC United's at 30 and 10th place, and Chicago's at 32 points at 9th place. So Charlotte's yeah. looking at only, what, three points separating uh, 9th and 12th between four different teams. So Wednesday night's a pretty big match, man. Um, mm-hmm. What it, it, This could, I don't want to say make or break, but we, we've got to get three points against Orlando, right? And then, of course, yeah. we're going to be doing this when a potential tropical storm hurricane coming up here and getting some rain into this environment. Right. Um, How important is this game? And like, what do you think Charlotte should do looking ahead? It's, it's crucial in a, in a must win. So I can kind of break this down a little bit. So we're going to need around 42 to 46 points to make the playoffs. And I say that because if you look at the past couple of years, uh, 42, I think was the, eighth or ninth place last season, but then it was 47 before that. So I'm thinking 42 to 46 points. Uh, so like I said, we're sitting on 29 points now. And so we, that means we need 13 to 17 points, 11 games. We need maybe five, when five of those, guess how many home games we have? Five. So... <laughs> We play Orlando Wednesday. That's at home, right? You, you've, we've got to win that one. We also play DC United at home. We play Philadelphia Union at home, which would be tough. We play Toronto at home. And we play a Miami team that may not have Messi at home. If you win those games, that's 15 points out of the 13 to 17 that you need. Now, there are some away games that you could possibly get some points from. I'm looking at that Chicago one specifically. And if Messi is not playing, maybe you can nick a point down in Miami because uh, we're going to be playing back-to-back with them. So it's, it's doable. Not easy. But if you win at home the rest of the season, that's five games. And that will get you the points needed, I think, to make to make the playoffs. And Orlando's not going to be an easy game for us. I mean, if you look at where they're at, at the table all. right now, they're in fourth place, but they're tied with Philadelphia, mm-hmm. New England, 
So literally this game can make or break Orlando going from fourth to second place um, right away. Right. And Orlando has been pretty decent this year. Right. Um, they, they, I think the most recent game, I think they what beat St. Louis two to one. Um, so it, they're, they're, they're no slouch. Uh, they're able to kind of, uh, you know, move forward. It's either they played St. Louis or Houston. Sorry if I got that incorrect here, but, um, but Orlando is a pretty good team and it's not going to be an easy game for us moving forward. Um, if you're Christian Latanzio, are you going to start the same lineup or are you going to do something a little bit different looking ahead? I think outside of Ben Bender, I think you start the same lineup uh, and see what happens. Uh, reward the guys that were out there. I, I mean, he might he might start Ben and and do basically what he did uh, in this game. You know, sub him out later. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think you go with what what you had. Uh, I think you run the same style and tactics and uh, see where that gets you. I mean, again, I think we need to be very mentally turned on so we don't have those defensive lapses. Like like we did a couple times Saturday, um, and look, I mean, we still need to fix the defense. We still need some upgrades, um, but yeah, I, I I would roll out the same same lineup. All right, so yeah, Orlando is going to be a tough match for us, but uh, let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor Swift before we go to fan Q and A. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right, Swift, uh, welcome back. And we are proud to say that this episode is brought to you by Renegade Goalkeeping. So Swift, um, I know it looks like you're getting ready over there to play goalie for the Supporters Cup uh, here for Met City. But what glove you got on this time? Oh, nice. I got the, the purple one on this time. Nice, man. Yeah, those uh, Renegade Goalkeeping, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate them being our sponsor here. Uh, they, you know, get the show. I'm glad that they let us have some fun with these reads and promoting them from that perspective. But uh, Swift, are you going to are you gonna play in the Supporters uh, Cup against all the different SGs? I'm not going to be in town. Oh, man. I know. But you better give those gloves to somebody and let them rock those things from Mid City Collective because then we will go undefeated if, with those things. They're almost too nice. They're just kind of like a collector's item. I don't know if I want to actually play in these. Maybe I can get some more and have a game pair and a display pair. <laughs> what uh, you need to do is have, you just need to have one of each glove on. So then that way you can have the other ones on display in your house. That's what you're going to uh, do. That's a good idea. Also got a lot of crap for my English accent last you time did. I did the <laughs> And all I got to say is I, I really don't I really don't care, you know. Like I think that was an Australian accent. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go let you. Playing. I'm just gonna I, sit back and let you d- drown here for a second, Swift. It's fine. Keep it going. It's fine. Renegade, renegade, goalkeeper. What what accent is that? Is I don't that know. A- <laughs> renegade. I guess an Australian. I don't know. <laughs> oh my hey, god! It's well, a renegade. It's a renegade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're we're so glad that Renegade wants to be our sponsor, especially after this segment right now. So, uh, but well, Swift, this we're will can, probably be the we're, last. This will be the last. Episode. <laughs> Let's do it. 
well we appreciate them so make sure you check them out on on social media follow them on renegade gk on uh, twitter instagram facebook again tag them on renegade gk hashtag uh, that for uh, them to feature some things and they've actually shown some really cool videos lately um of some you know goalies saving some great plays saving pks um, it's really cool to kind of see. And they've also featured some really cool gloves. Whether they're not the Charlotte FC ones that you have on your hands, uh, they have some really cool ones that yeah. look really nice. They really so. do. Yeah, you should go check them out, especially if uh, if you have a goalkeeper in the family. Go get them some gloves. There we go. Awesome, guys. We'll, we'll be back with our fan Q&A. Welcome back. Thanks to that word of our sponsor uh, for Renegade GK. Um, so, Swift, you ready to dive into this fan Q&A? Right, Governor. <laughs> See, there it is. You should have had that like 30 seconds ago, <laughs> but that's all right. So, um, so this first question comes from uh, Mint City Collective founder, uh, Jay, Jay Lansproner. So Jay wants to know, uh, which game this week is more important? Is it Orlando, who has uh, won both games since Leaks Cup, which sidebar... We've won both games this year against Orlando or Nashville, uh, who only needs a tie to clinch the Southern champions supporter belt. So which one's more important for for Charlotte right now, Swift? Yeah, I think it's got to be the Orlando game just because, like we said earlier, you got to win your home games. Um, You know, traveling is always tough. So I, I think the most important is take care of business at home. So I'm gonna say Orlando. Good question, though. Yeah, I, I agree. And plus, you can't look ahead right now. Every game is super important. You got to get three points on Wednesday night. Um, I know there's a big contingent of Mint City Collective members traveling to Nashville, so they want to be able to get three points and part it up in uh, Nash Vegas. But uh, um, yeah, are you going to Nashville, Swift? I will be there. Oh, man, I was very tempted to go, but I am not going. So mm-hmm. um, I'll have to live through you, through your Instagram stories. Are, is, are you riding with Chico? Is Chico driving you there in 24 hours and back or no? No, my wife and I are flying at like <laughs> like 6 a.m. So we're going to get in Nashville around nice. like 7 something. Yeah. Friday. Cool. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, this this next question comes from uh, our IT director from Met City Collective and uh, tailgate merchandising extraordinaire, Jeff Eklund. So uh, Jeff says, who do we rotate in for Wednesday's match to keep fresh legs? So I know we talked about the lineup a little bit earlier in the show. But that's going to be really important, especially with the midweek match. Um, or do we start the same lineup as Saturday to rotate in Nashville? Hmm. Good, good question. I, I think, you know, again, I don't know if I would start Ben. I might switch and bring in uh, Camille and then sub in Bender. I think I would keep everything else the same. Uh, Enzo could be a factor at some point, but I think I would save him for Nashville. I think that's what I would do. I don't know if I would play him Wednesday. I think I would save him for the for the weekend. Yeah, and and for me, if Enzo's still coming back from injury, the last thing you want to do is play on turf when it's wet in a tropical storm kind of weather coming through too. So I'd rather yeah. save him for uh, Nash Vegas anyway. So, um, but yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I would start Camille instead of Ben. Have Ben come on and create havoc in that second half. And with the Scott Arfield, imagine a fresh Ben Bender and a fresh Scott Arfield coming in and creating havoc there in the midfield or as a wing. Right? That's that's really nice. Yep. So. 
Awesome. Good question there, Jeff. Uh, so this next we got lots of uh, leadership asking this this week, uh, Matt. Mm-hmm. So this next one comes from Eric Hill. So uh, that's our chapter director for Mint City Collective. So Eric says, uh, Jones has played center defensive mid and center back pretty well for us all season. In fact, I remember I think you were saying like he's one of our best players of the year so far at one point of the year. Um, some other folks were really like saying he was really great, right? Um, but against LAFC, he seemed to do well as like this hold up attacker that we've missed since Daniel Rios departed. What kind of front to back versatility would you consider? And would you consider DJ the leading candidate for the team MVP this season as well? MVP, I don't think he would be a leading candidate. Uh, I'd like to see what happens next couple games. If he's going to play kind of like this, the similar role, uh, I think, could could be uh, very impactful. I think my my MVP would be Swiderski. I I don't know. Um, we talked about this on Soccer and Coffee. We really don't have that like standout all star signature player yet. Um, I think Swiderski's getting there. Uh, I think why he's the MVP is that he can score, he can create, he can cause havoc. Um, DJ. He keeps playing like he did Saturday night, and and not that he's played poorly all season. I just don't know if I would uh, say he would be the leading candidate for MVP. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's he's a great utility man, and he's, he's able to fill in for us. And obviously, we're missed without him, right? So, um, but MVP, I would say either Ashley or Carol for us. So, um, so this next question comes from uh, the drummer man himself, Paul Hagen. So. Uh, Paul says, uh, we have match delays and suspensions for lightning. Other than giving hydration breaks, should the league take similar actions when temperature and heat index gets too high? Or with climate change making things worse, do you see the league ever moving the season around so it's not played throughout the summer? Yeah, I mean, ideally we would play our season when everybody else in the whole entire world plays their season. <laughs> um, but it is just, you know, the U S is just so different with the other sports we have going on. It's just, it, it would be so tough to do. I, I think, um, I think the hydration breaks are great. I just want to, I, I caution about other breaks because then it kind of loses its appeal of like what soccer is. Right. Um, and it starts turning into the NFL where there's timeouts and breaks and commercials every five seconds. Commercial commercial break after a kickoff, after a touchback, after an extra point, after, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it would be nice if we could move the, the season. It's just I don't think we're quite quite there yet, unfortunately, especially yeah. uh, like a team like us that has a shared, shared space. Yep. Yep. Um, so good question there, Paul. So this next question comes from the New York City uh, fan, Kate herself. So Kate says, uh, we're more than halfway through the MLS and Apple TV inaugural season. What has Apple done right? What have they done wrong? And what would you like to see them do differently for year two? Oh, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I've really joined, I, I've enjoyed the Apple TV coverage. Uh, yeah, it could be better. But again, uh, you got to start somewhere. Uh I hate that they only talk about Messi now. And then when I'm trying to watch it, the pregame of like the Charlotte FC game, it's basically whatever team Messi is playing. Messi cookie. Like, did you see that the open cup? They're talking about Messi cookies the entire time. Like it, it was <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. 
so that's that's annoying. Maybe it won't be so bad next year. Uh, I I do like the 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 match previews for each team, and that's a lot of content if you think about it that they have to produce. I wish it was longer. They're usually only like two three minutes, and it's very like surface level. But at the same time, they're having to do it for every single team. So, like I said, that can get tricky. Just maybe as time goes on, it's a more robust library. Uh, I would like to see the Crown Legacy games uh, that you can replay. Um, again, you got to start somewhere. So I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'd love to hear what everybody else has to, has to say, but uh, hopefully they can improve on some of the production and just some some cool little one off things that I I think they have in the in the library. Yeah, I think the one-off things we'll see more happen during the off-season to fill that void because um, it seems like they put a bunch out right before kickoff, and then yeah. since then it hasn't really done much. Um, right. But like you said, it's a ton of content, right? Um, yeah. The the only thing I would say that they've missed this year, like you said, is Crown Legacy or uh, MLS Next Pro Games not being able to be replayed. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, yeah. it there, there's no other contact contract that other than themselves, so I don't understand why they just don't do it. But um, that's one thing I would say year two. And then I would like to see um, a little bit more of a pregame kind of like back and forth. I know this sounds like cheesy, but like, you know, you have your NFL Fox pregame show with people just chucking it up and on fun and, you know, being there counting down or college game day where it's like this whole big event. How great would it be to be able to say like, hey, there's a Apple TV game of the week and we're going to host it um, at Charlotte FC match and have the pregame out at the lot beforehand, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that'd be really cool to kind of see um, yeah. going into year two and then have more diversity of the times. It's stupid to me that every game is like seven 30 and I can't watch any of their games except for the West coast games when I get done with Charlotte. Yeah. And, and speaking of times and, and back to Paul's question, there, there maybe could be something, and again, we'd have to stay later. Like, you know, if you're in the South, maybe your game start an hour later to maybe let the sun go down some. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that could be an option. That'd be great with a nine o'clock kickoff or an eight o'clock kickoff for a Southern game, personally. I mean, but that's yeah. just me. But yeah. yeah. So good good question, Kate. Thanks for the reflection there for Apple TV. So um, I'll take my check, Apple, for your for the suggestions, by the way. So um, so uh, this next question comes from Jonathan Scott. So uh, do you think we will ever see Patrick Agamain get regular minutes? Um, also, why does he not get used in the dying moments of the games to stretch the field and kill off teams while we have the lead? Hmm. Uh, good question, but I, I feel like Patrick has come on in the dying minutes and uh, done some of that. Uh, it would be nice to see more of him. Uh, I, I think this this past game, I think Swiderski was playing so well and everything was working. I I, I would have cautioned maybe tinkering with that, but I, I hope he does get some more, more minutes uh, again, um, depending on what we do with Swiderski and the – you know, trade windows coming up. I, I don't know. Maybe Patrick will play more of a role uh, and, and, you know, we'll see where Enzo kind of fits in that. But uh, yeah, Patrick's been great. And again, again, it's, it's good to have him coming off the bench to add a, a different dimension. And, you know, he's got the height, he's got the speed, um, gives you a, a different look. So, uh, so yeah, I hope he does get some more minutes. 
Yeah. And, and just, just to kind of piggyback off that question, cause there was rumors swirling a little bit. Um, if it happens, it's going to happen this week, but do you think Carol gets sold or, or if you're Zoran, would you sell mm-hmm. Carol this week? I, I can see this from a couple of different sides. I, I want Swiderski to stay. I want him to try to try it out another another season because I think next season will really get off and rolling really well. Um, I like Swiderski, so there's that part of me. But from a business standpoint, if you can maximize your money and get top dollar for him now, you know, I don't know how much Swiderski really wants to stay here. Uh, and I'm just speculating. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. Um, so from a business standpoint, if you can get money for him, yeah, I would, I would go ahead and, and do it now because, you know, you run the risk of him getting injured next year. There's a lot of variables, right? So, uh, but my thing would be, what would you do with that money? Uh, but right now I, I would love to keep him another season, but yeah, it's going to be a big question for the front office. Well, and we can we can talk about that um, on another episode during the off season. What would you do with the money? But I, I'm kind of with you. I would say sell him if you have someone actually knocking on the door right now. Do it um, because also from a player that wants to get back to Europe, most likely um, now is the time to do it. Come February, January, you're not going to be able yeah. to have the opportunities to be sold like that. Um, anytime soon until it's the end of that season. Right. Um, so for me, that's the time to do it is now. So do the right thing for the player, but also that way you can make money and you can use it to spend big next year. Um, but because, you know, Enzo and Carol have shown that that does not work well together, at least with our current coaching staff and formation and tactics, but you know, who knows, but that mm-hmm. I would do it if he had someone knocking, but yeah, that's another conversation. So um, thanks for the question. Sorry, I want to have a little tangent there, Jonathan. But uh, this next question comes from, quote, the number one soccer guy. So uh, this one says, our number 10, our attacking midfield signing, started as a winger. Does this more so reflect on how talented Brecht actually is or how poor our wingers are, first of all? Mm, it depends on who you ask. I, I, I think for, for me... Uh, I think it shows how talented and versatile Brecht is and the coach seeing how you can utilize him out on the wing, but he naturally is going to go to the middle. And again, that can disrupt things. So I think it's probably more of like a one-off type of situation um, and, and using him tactically. Uh, but our wingers have have struggled. There, there's no denying that. I mean, uh, people like Vargas, and I think Vargas is a good player, and a, I think he has a bright future. But when you look at his production, it's just not there. Uh, you look at Yuzviak. Um, he was on fire and then unfortunately got hurt. And then since then, you got to look at production. Uh, Miram, you know, when he first was brought on, yeah, he did. He did great, but uh, I think Brick gives you uh, just a little bit more of um, an offensive flair, uh, and this might be a good little push for our, our our wingers, right? Saying, "Oh, we got a new guy who could possibly play in my position. I've got to step it up." Uh, I would really love to see Vargas really step more into this role and get some goals and and get going. But uh, yeah, I think 
more so it just shows how good of a, a signing Brett could could be for us. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, which leads us to our next question. This one's from Brandon Davis. So, uh, was Christian Latanzio's decision to start five center mids against LAFC based on the opponent? Or do we think this was one of his, quote, mad scientist moments of tinkering? So, think about it. We had Ben Bender, Brant Bronico, Ashley Westwood, Derek Jones, Breck all starting in this game. Uh, so, do you think that's just him tinkering and had this, like, genius moment? Or was it just because of the opponent of LAFC? Latanzio keeps saying things like, you know, our players will get it. They're finally going to get it. They're going to, you know, like I keep saying things like that. So it makes me believe like he has this thought and system that he wants to like, I don't want to say force, but he's going to go with it. Right. It doesn't look like he's going to change it. Um, So I think there was a a little bit of both. I think understanding the opponent uh, and clogging up that middle and, you know, starting Brecht. On, out wide and having him cut in. Um, I don't know if it's mad scientists. It could be a little bit of tinkering. Again, we've seen a lot of that this whole entire season, but maybe Latanzio is starting to find what his best players are, when they should play, how they should play. And maybe the players are just finally getting, getting used to it. I don't know. So uh, maybe we'll Wednesday is going to be, yeah, when, <laughs> Wednesday is going to be a, a, a really good game to, to really take stock on and, and, and see, um, will he throw out the same lineup? I think that will be very telling if he switches it up completely, then I think it's more of like tinkering. Um, but the mad scientist thing, I kind of think that that's a compliment like he's you know he's got the the board and he's like all right we've got this opponent if we do this uh that would give me a little more confidence the the tinkering thing is what has really bugged me about him now you know what it is he actually has an office now at the new hq and he can finally take his drawings <laughs> onto the whiteboard is what it is swift that's, right. that's, that's, so. all, that's all it was he just needed the right whiteboard <laughs> to, to do it yep awesome so this next question comes from matt chantry Matt wants to know what percent would you give us making the playoffs right now? Ooh, um, man, I don't know. After this game, I, I think our chances are a lot better. I would put it more 45 to 50%. If we win Wednesday, I think, I think we have a good shot. Um, Cause I think those other, aside from the union, but I mean, we've, We've handled them before too. I, I think I think we can win our home games, um, and even if we were to lose one, you still have Chicago that I think we can beat on the road, and, and uh, Miami. Those Miami games are going to be so interesting. Ridiculous! It's going to be ridiculous. Is what it's going to be. It really will be. <laughs> um, yeah, Imagine right, all right. the thousands of Messi fans who bought that ticket. And if he doesn't play because of whatever, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it's a different conversation. For, yeah. Yeah. It sucks for people that, that did that and not going to be able to see him play, but it, we should also maybe be a little more patient when these things come out maybe. Um, so yeah, 45, 50% right now, but if we win Wednesday, I think that goes up. Um, and I think, I, I think these guys may have turned the corner and have that confidence. And we saw some of that in leagues. Leaks Cup, the that tenacity, and again, you know, we 
we, you know, LAFC draws, draws back, right? And before, like, oh God, here we go, we're going to lose, or we're definitely going to going to draw. But now, I think we have this mentality that keep pushing, right? And you, we can get something back. Um, so it was good to see Saturday. Awesome. So ready for a fun question here, Swift? I'm going to go back to one of these here in the beginning. So um, Greg says, if you could create a gate giveaway, because as you know, the Brant Bronico was the bobblehead this last game. You've had the Sir Minty chain. You've had a crown before. Um, you've had a couple different things. What would be the item that you would create to be as a giveaway? <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was the Ashley Westwood tea set. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing! Everyone has to walk around with their pinkies out, with their little like saucer and you know tasting cup. Be amazing. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty hilarious. Be awesome. Go ahead and send that to to the team there, uh, Corey and Swift. You, so you know how can... easy it would be to break that thing. Like it's being a bot, people would just break it. Up. It would have to be like plastic. There's no way they would make it like out of like the ceramic. But yeah, I, I would say that. I know. Um, I put on there the next bobblehead I would love to see is a Sir Minty bobblehead, except it's just his whole body is just bobbling back and forth because oh, he's yeah. a soccer ball. But uh, we could have I'd the, love to see the legs. It could have the legs dangle, yeah. right? Or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the legs and the arms just doing this or doing crowns up or whatever. And yeah. just have his whole body just gyrating over there. So it's going to be great. So, um, but yeah, I would say that um, maybe... I don't know, man. I think there's some pretty cool ones out there. I, I also said, like, I wish the team just sold bobbleheads. It'd be pretty cool to get, like, different collectors or different players or whatever it is uh, yeah. throughout the time frame. It'd be really cool to see those. Yeah. I, and again, I'm a big fan of the Queen in the, the video. Uh, 704 Shop put out a, a shirt recently uh, that you've probably seen me wear that, uh, that has her on it. Uh, so maybe some type of little figurine like that or something i don't know It'd be kind of cool yeah I, I love coins so keep doing the coins too i think that was great so um yeah you know coin giveaways is another one so i would say that i, I love the idea of the the west nationally westwood t set so <laughs> i think that's the winner for the night there swift so um cool man. well that, that's all the, the fan q a questions we got tonight man so um i know we've got two games this week we go to orlando and then nashville so uh, maybe we do a little live soccer and bourbon at uh, French Quarter on Wednesday before we walk to the stadium, sir, together. That's going to be tough, man. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be coming straight from work. Oh, I know. Me too. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll do it while we're walking to the stadium, Swift. How about that? We'll just, just go on Instagram live and then we'll, we'll share it for everybody. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> me just sucking wind and getting like drenched in the rain it'd be great so um awesome man well any any kind of closing thoughts anything else that you want to kind of promote or share before we let the fans go no i think uh i think we're good um hoping for the best wednesday night and looking forward to a fun trip with everybody saturday Awesome, man. Well, you enjoy Nashville. I'm jealous of that. So um, check out Third Man Records if you got some time, by the way, Swift. Um, it is the record shop and place of Jack White, who is the White Stripes, mm -hmm. Raconteurs. Uh, they've got some really cool pressing stuff there, and you can actually um, maybe run into Jack White, a few artists. So if you go, if you have time, check that place out, man. 
Sounds good. I'll have to. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks everyone for joining in, and uh, we'll see you hopefully with three points after Wednesday. See you guys.